You're listening to the Geek Watch Podcast, episode 44. Small screen news, a preview to next week's show, and this week's reviews for the Sunday shows. This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 44 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petra. Hi, Brian. If I sound a little bit scratchy, it's because I just got finished doing a haunted house in, uh-huh. in, in Hurricane. So we terrorized a whole bunch of kids, but happy Halloween, folks. Happy Halloween. And so let's talk a little bit of small screen stuff. We did talk last week about some of the shows that are appearing on the Disney streaming service, and they've announced a new one. Which I thought was funny because they've only kind of teased this in the movies, but they are going to be doing a Falcon and Winter Soldier series. Really? Okay. Of now, wait, you... is this the Marvel streaming service mm-hmm. by itself? When you said Disney, I was thinking, okay, well, that's all right. Well, now the, I the streaming service is Disney. I mean, it, there's Marvel shows on it, but they're also going to be doing okay. Disney stuff. So it's, it's, right. it's the Disney service. I was service. kind of thinking maybe Marvel was doing its own DC streaming, like DC Universe. Oh, so. no. It's, it's all one big thing. But okay. And of course, if you saw the Winter Soldier or you saw Civil War, you've seen those moments where the Falcon and the Winter Soldier giving each other grief. Kind of. Kind of the buddy cop thing, but giving each other a whole lot of grief. And so to me, I find that interesting. I'm really interested to see what they do with this. But what really interested me about the announcement for this show was it gave us a bit more understanding about how these shows are going to work. Because if you're used to the Netflix series of Marvel shows, you notice that they tend to be a little bit lower budget. They're not throwing the type of money that you spend on the movies on these things. Mm -hmm. They're good shows, don't get me wrong, but they're more indicative of a television budget. And what I was wondering about a lot of these Disney streaming shows is they want to do a Scarlet Witch series, and they're going to do a Loki series, they're going to do a Nick Fury series, and I was wondering, are they going to be bringing in these actors, or are they going to be recasting them with somebody mm-hmm. with a little more reasonable? And turns out, no, they're not. Samuel L. Jackson will be in the Nick Fury series. They wow. said the budgets for these shows are going to be comparable to the movies. They're going wow. to throw hundreds of millions of dollars <laughs> at making these, these TV series shows, which I thought was, okay, well, that's going to be wow. different. Because yeah. it certainly wasn't what I was expecting, but I, I guess if you got Disney money, you can do that kind of thing. At the same time, doing that is changing the focus away from other things. The best example, of course, because on the Disney service, they're going to have The Mandalorian, which Joss Whedon is going to be directing. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they're going to be doing, know. it's called The Mandalorian, and it's going to be... Is it going to be Boba Fett? It is Boba Fett's people. Right. Um, because they're concentrating on The Mandalorian and the mm-hmm. series, a lot of the other Star Wars movies are getting pushed off to the side. They've already mm-hmm. announced that the Boba Fett movie, which they were going to make, they're not not going to make anymore. So it is. Well, been... if he's going to be the concentration of the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. I don't know. And when Brian says that it's about Boba Fett's people, it's not a species. The Mandalorians are, I guess, bounty hunters mm-hmm. or rogues. They're sort of for hire. Right. And it's not just humans. It's not just one species. There are different aliens who are Mandalorians. And basically, Jango Fett was a Mandalorian, and his armor is Mandalorian armor. Mm-hmm. And he was cloned, and that's where. 
the clones came from in the Clone Wars, and one of those clones, Boba Fett, right. became, of course, the Boba Fett that we know. That we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Boba Fett movie has been 86th, so it's not coming back, or they may revisit it later, but they're really putting a lot of eggs in that Disney streaming basket. Like mm. I said, they're throwing a lot of money at it. I gotta say, I would love to see Daredevil and Jessica Jones with a a major budget, but mm-hmm. like we said last week, that's probably not what's going to happen, but I love those characters so much. I would love to see them do what they do best and maybe have a little bit of money behind it. I guess it would be at this point of what Disney wants to allow Netflix to have. Which, even if they wind up poison-pilling their shows, I wish that we'd be able to see something like this on Disney, but we'll just have to wait and see how that's all going to turn out. We'll find out when we find out. Also, it was released yesterday, speaking of Netflix, they just released a picture of Henry Cavill as Feralt in The Witcher. Yeah, I did see that and it looked interesting. I still don't know, is that a video game? Is that, what is Witcher? Well, it is a video game based off of a book series. Okay. And I'm not familiar with really either one of those, but friends of mine who are, their view on this and the view online for the pictures of Henry Cavill were kind of meh. <laughs> because it says, where's the scar on his eye? Where's his beard, etc., etc. Hey, maybe we'll get there. Maybe we'll get to see the yeah. scar. I, again, I don't know anything about That's the series. It, yeah, but uh, see where it happens. But yeah. he's basically a monster hunter. Okay. I can't really make a judgment on it. I'm not familiar. I, I never played the video game. Cavill, regardless of what you thought about Superman, he acted the heck out of what he was given. Mm-hmm. So far, Netflix hasn't let me down as far as series are concerned. They're doing really well, especially in this monster fantasy mm-hmm. side of things. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Sabrina have done really well. People have been really raving, mm-hmm. raving about that. Castlevania has just been given a third season. That's been greenlit. And so it's in their wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. So right now, I've got no judgment on it. And until we see it, I guess we'll, I mean, we will we find out. Yeah, we'll definitely know. Before we go to this week's Doctor Who and The Walking Dead, I did want to bring up one other thing, which I'd like to talk about more next week. But you and I are both, Mandy, are tabletop gamers, mm-hmm. and you're still doing a lot of D&D. Right. Did you ever play Vampire the Masquerade? Did you ever play that game, no. Tabletop? Uh-uh. I was a huge Vampire the Masquerade player back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I was introduced to it, actually, through LARPing. I LARPed... Va- oh, here we go. <laughs> what? Are you giving me say, nerd hate? No. You? you are giving me nerd no, hate? How do you I do just, that? I, it always remind, whenever I hear LARPing, it always reminds me of this story about a friend I had in college was telling me about how he did reenactments, mm-hmm. medieval battle reenactments. Right. And he said, yeah, and we strive to be really historically accurate, talking about it the same way that you would talk about a Civil War reenactment right. or a... Uh, Revolutionary War reenactment, and he said medieval battles, and then he talked about a 16-year-old kid dressed as a wizard throwing a tennis ball at him. Ah, yeah. And I was was like, are you sure it was reenacting? Are you sure it wasn't LARPing? Because <laughs> that was LARPing. That was that was that definitely, was definitely LARP. LARPing. That was LARPing. Actually, I was introduced to LARPing through this because I had seen an ad in a paper about this game, and I thought, okay, well, these people are dressing up in costumes, and we're going to tabletop. That's cool. I've never heard of this game before. Let's give it a try. And then I discovered there's such a thing called LARPing, and you mean you just act this stuff out? And I thought, well, this is kind of weird, but I continued to do it for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Actually, the LARP that... Um, 
Yeah, I don't know if you remember Trans Allegheny Books. That was like no. the late '80s, early '90s. It was a used bookstore in, in Charleston, and that's hmm. where they had this LARP, and it was part of a LARP that was going on in Montgomery. Really? And so after well, I played I there, oh yeah, and once I played there, and then I continued to play with this group. We would drive every Saturday to Tech. Really? Because the wow. person who was running the game, Todd Sampson, was his name. Mm-hmm. He went by the nickname Ogre tall guy he ran the larp and he was going to tech at the time so mm-hmm. we all where did you go in in montgomery where we played at tech okay and so we were inside tech we were outside in their courtyard we okay. were all over the place there mm-hmm. playing it was from there that i started playing the tabletop version first edition of vampire the masquerade why i bring this up is because they have released finally the fifth edition of the tabletop version of vampire the masquerade and for people to keep up with that sort of thing, they had done some beta testing last year and this year, and there was a little bit of a controversy involved with it because, one, some people were complaining that there's things in the source material where children are being hurt, and it's encouraging the players to do terrible things. <laughs> well, duh, they're vampires. So, yes, that's kind of the point of the game. But... The big thing was, I think it was in June, where in some of their beta test material, they were describing some of the clans. There's different clans of vampires Mm -hmm. that have different abilities, and they have different personalities. And they were talking about one clan known as the Bruja, which are, they're the punk rockers, they're the rebels. Uh, The the vampire Lestat followers. They're more like the Billy Idol. I mean, Billy Idol would have been a Bruja. Oh, okay. So Mm -hmm. that that kind of, yeah. Spike. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very much like, maybe I would say very similar to the Vampires and the Lost Boys. Okay. So that yeah. that that kind of a thing going. Mm-hmm. But they were talking about the different types of people that can wind up being Bruja, and they mentioned alt-rights, and they mentioned neo-Nazis, and so people lost their minds. It's like, are you going to have neo-Nazis play in your game? Which they came out and said, no, we, we don't really want neo-Nazis to play our game. In fact, guys, keep your money. We're not interested. But <laughs> that kind of stirred up a bit oh. of a mess. Wow. In the late August, they released the fifth edition rules for Vampire the Masquerade. And I ha- I still have my first edition books. They're still on my shelf. I've got all my source material. But I have to say, the fifth edition really didn't hit my radar because I'm not really tabletop gaming a lot these days. But I've been seeing some reviews recently. People are now finally getting hold of the rules and they're going over them and they're creating characters and they've been playing and they've had a lot of things to say about it. And as somebody who plays D&D, you may be familiar, of course, you know, you had your first edition, AD&D, and then you had your second edition because the first edition is like, well, a lot of people have played this game and now we want to add some more stuff to make it Mm -hmm. expanded. And then third edition is where everybody jumps the shark. And so that's where AD&D jumped the shark and they put way too much stuff in it. And then fourth edition is where you try to patch the holes the shark made. Mm -hmm. And then fifth edition is where, hey, you know, you remember back in that we had this really good game? Mm -hmm. Let's go back to that. Yep. And so... And that's what we play and that's what I think most people are playing fifth, 5A. Where some of the stuff that they've learned through the years is in fifth edition, but they've gone back to where things were simpler and where it was fun. Well, Vampire the Masquerade went through the same thing, where mm-hmm. they had a first edition, and then second edition, and third edition, they jumped the shark, fourth edition, they tried to patch the holes that the shark made, 
And 5th edition, apparently... It's supposed to go back to form? Apparently, it's going to be back to what 1st edition was with some of the stuff that they learned along the way. They've simplified things again. They've taken the storytelling from the 1st edition, which is the strength of the game, honestly. Because, in a sense, in Vampire, you're playing two characters. you got the human side of you, and then, of course, you're turned into a vampire... And you still have those ties to the human side of you and those relationships. But then you've got this vampire thing going on, which not only this vampire society, but this beast that runs around in you that's just screaming for blood all the time, literally. Mm. And so that was the strength of the game. But apparently they're going back to that. So what I have a copy of 5th edition that's coming in. Mm-hmm. So my plan is I'm going to go over the rules and maybe next week we can talk about it a little bit and give my opinions about it. And okay. so I'm... Interested to see what the differences are between 1 and 5, because to be honest, when I heard what was going on with 3rd edition, I didn't even bother. 3rd and 4th, mm-hmm. I just skipped over. Very much like d and I kind of <laughs> skipped over. Because I, once the chart shows up, there's no point in yep. staying. <laughs> so maybe next week we can talk about that a little bit after I've gone over the rules, and I'll let you know what I think. Okay. And so with that said, let's discuss our Sunday shows. And so, obviously, if you've not seen last week's Doctor Who or The Walking Dead, pause the podcast now and come back and and we'll talk about it. Spoiler alert! So, let's start with Doctor Who. Okay, so they get back to modern-day London. Yes. And they get to go have tea at Yaz's, and that makes me very, very happy. Oh, yes. But, of course, something's got to happen. Ooh, yes. So, this was a, do I say trigger warning, if you don't like spiders, this is not your episode. It was a great Halloween experience. I mean, overall, this was the mm-hmm. the perfect show to play right before Halloween because we had spiders, we had a creepy hotel, we had very thinly veiled allegories to social commentary. It mm-hmm. was fantastic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on in this episode. I think the only other spider-centric episode that I can... Well, there were a couple spider-centric mm-hmm. episodes, one of which I forget the name of the episode that involves the 10th Doctor and the Rachnos. Yes. So uh-huh. the spider creatures. The wedding. Donna's... Uh, the runaway, bro- the run- run away bride with Donna Noble. Yes, that's yes. It was a Christmas mm-hmm. episode. Yes, there was a uh, third Doctor adventure called Planet of the Spiders with giant mm. psychic spiders. Oh, huh. and I remember that one because the Doctor died. That was the episode that John Pertwee King passed Tom the re- Baker. Yes. Wow. Oh, wow. That was that was. And really? Giant spiders, uh, psychic powers, and Buddhism. It was a very interesting hmm. mix. Okay. So, wow. But I will say about Planet, um, Planet, of Planet of the Spiders. I will say... Uh, spiders I will say, of London. Well, it's uh, Arachnids in the UK. Arachnids in the UK, Which yes. was a pun on the, the Sex Pistols album, Anarchy in the UK. Oh. So... Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a Doctor Who pun on this show, and I'm not responsible for it. <laughs> I can't take the blame for that <laughs> one. But I will say about the episode, there was a lot of good stuff going on. We got a little bit more Yaz, mm-hmm. which we haven't gotten a lot of her background. Of course, we get to see her family. And there was some stereotyping in this episode. I mean, the I can't stand my family stuff was pretty much mm-hmm. stock in trade. Par for the course. Yeah. And... I do have to say the villain, the billionaire hotel owner, wanting to turn be president. Turn politician. Turn politician. 
was pretty much your mustache twirling villain. He was the coward. Mm-hmm. Um, Left his right hand man to die. Yeah. You know, to the spiders and. Who basically would cower, and then of course he gets a gun and gets power and abuses it. So yeah, I mean, the villain not the best. Obviously, he was pretty mm-hmm. much exactly mm-hmm. what you expected. And these aren't alien spiders. No, no. these were mutated Earth spiders. Mm-hmm. So this is complete. Terran episode. Everything happened on Earth because right. people suck. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, the, the whole idea, it's like, hey, we're building this luxury hotel, but we got all these mines underneath that we need to fill up. Hey, let's fill it up with junk. Yep. And Toxic n- waste. And it wasn't because the guy knew it was toxic waste. He just... Didn't care. He Yeah, he was just like, hey, th- these people dumping stuff, they wouldn't dump toxic waste under my hotel. Yeah, this is what happens when there are no consequences, obviously. Yes. It wasn't one of the best episodes, obviously, because a lot of the story was on rails. You pretty much knew where it was going to go. But, again, we get to see more of Yaz, and we also now have solidified... The TARDIS family. The TARDIS the, family. Yeah, team TARDIS. Yeah, even <laughs> yeah, well, even and get that little nod there for Team TARDIS. And we, and we knew this was to get us where we needed to be. Yeah, you have that moment where the doctor's like, are you sure you want to go? I mean, we just look back and knew who. What has happened to the companions? I think the only companion who walked off without a scratch was Martha. Yeah. Everybody else has paid a pretty Mm -hmm. nasty price. Donna doesn't know that she did, so that's a little comforting Yeah. um, to know that she can have a normal life. Rose was stranded in another dimension. Mm -hmm. Amelia Pond and Rory Williams were sent back in time by Mm -hmm. the Weeping Angels. Angels. Clara was killed. And then... Rivers trapped in a library. Bill was shot in the chest and killed. And then turned into a Cyberman. (laughs) Yep. So... I'm hoping that with this new showrunner, that maybe eventually they will get to go home and they'll be fine and nobody has to die. Mm-hmm. That would be nice, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the problem, of course, is that with Chibnall, he wrote a lot of the episodes for Torchwood. So mm-hmm. that wasn't known was for... a darker yes, series. Not <laughs> a lot of sunshine and rainbows. I'm not giving Team TARDIS a whole lot of hope. But I'm going to keep my fingers crossed because I'm getting to like these people and I just don't want to think about something really bad happening to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you ride the TARDIS, you take your chances. And so next week, looks like it's going to be a futuristic episode that where they all wind up in a hospital. Yeah. But let's get away from the depressing thoughts about Doctor Who. And go to the depressing thoughts about The Walking Dead. Oh, boy. I'm not even sure. Should we start at the beginning or should we start at the end? Because I kind of feel like if we start at the... It's big spoilers here. Start at the end. I feel like we got a Glenn stuck under the dumpster story again. Well, I wonder if we've not gotten an occurrence in Owl Creek Bridge uh, yes. thing. He's going to be stuck on this thing during the whole episode and all these things that we've seen in the trailer. Are not th- really going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, th- that they are going to be things that he's imagining. I mean, some of it obviously is imagination because he's sitting in a squad car with Shane. Mm -hmm. And so maybe he's going to die on that slab and there's going to be all these visions that are going to be going through his head. And next week, he's definitely going to die because that's the last episode they've already said. Unless, okay, well, what we see, he obviously, you know, he's going to pull himself up and that's what we think is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Or he gets rescued by the helicopter people and we don't get to see him for a few years. Cross fingers, but... <laughs> here's, my, here's my worry about next week's episode, because since you brought this up, is I'm worried that with a lot of the visions that he seems to be having in the trailer, it looks like this episode is going to have the feeling of a series finale. 
mm-hmm. because of course Rick has been all through this entire series, and we're going to be revisiting a lot of this stuff. Right back to the hospital. Right, right back, back to, to the hospital. Mm-hmm. To him, they're even doing a scene that looks like him riding into Atlanta oh, yeah. with all the zombies behind him, and so it's going to feel like a series finale. And it's no surprise people. Mm-hmm. Have They've been following the ratings. The ratings have not been that good this season. And I know you want to give Andrew Lincoln the best send-off possible, but you also don't want to give people a jumping-off point to leave the show. Mm -hmm. You definitely want, in that episode, to ask some questions that people are going to want to tune in next week to have the answer to. Right. That's my one worry about next week is, is this going to feel like a series finale? Is this going to feel like the point where now we can stop watching this show? And they got a lot of stuff they're going to have to cover because... We have Maggie riding off to Alexandria to deal Mm -hmm. with Negan. And she's only scheduled for six episodes. Mm -hmm. So after next week, this should be Maggie's last episode. And where do we go from there? What I'm really hoping for is that she just, she can't be with this group anymore and to constantly be reminded of Glenn and because we all feel for Maggie and just like Daryl was saying, he understands what she went through and that Negan should have died. If he'd killed anyone else, he'd be dead by now. If he had killed Carl, he'd be dead by now. If he had killed Rick, he'd be dead by now, but they let him live. So in Maggie's mind, she can't be with these people anymore and maybe she just takes her baby and rides off and that's what I'm really hoping for so that there's a chance for her to well I mean it seems like that they're not going to want to kill Maggie off and take her completely out of the show because she's leaving because she's doing a pilot but anybody will tell you there's no guarantees to any of this and so if the show doesn't work out she can definitely come back Mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to see a a situation where Negan dies I I can't see that either and of course we got to talk about Negan's little heart to heart with Michonne oh yes Yes, yeah. <laughs> that was kind of rough. And specific- showing his crazy, he's really shown his crazy. Not that he never hit it. Well, right. But him opening up about his wife, mm-hmm. which I don't want to go into a whole lot of spoilers if you've not read the comic. Here's Negan. But people wondering, is this a BS story or not? And depending on how they're playing this, no, it's not a BS story. It's straight out of the comic. The thing about it is this, the whole point of this convo was Negan basically accusing Michonne of being afraid that she's going to turn into him and lose everything that she loves, which when you're sitting here knowing Rick's going to die the next episode, (laughs) what are they setting up for Michonne? Is she going to go rogue? Is she going to go nuts? What's going to happen to her when Rick is gone? Hopefully that'll be question enough to keep the show going, but... I definitely don't know how that's going to affect Michonne. She's already growing restless, obviously. She's leaving on uh, nights just to kill zombies. With Rick's death and the fact that she's going to be responsible for Judith by herself. Yeah. And after after losing her son and her boyfriend and everything that she's been through and yeah and basically having to turn her brothers into walkers the, mm-hmm. those you know of course the when we the first see her you mm-hmm. see the two pet walkers she uses mm-hmm. to keep the, those were her two brothers mm-hmm. so she's had to do some messed up things obviously to survive on her own but rick's loss is going to be a huge deal obviously so she michonne could go all maggie or michonne could go all morgan <laughs> yeah so we'll have to we'll have just have to see yeah. how she does after losing the love and of course it looks like that anne's going to be gone for a while because of course after almost killing gabriel yeah she did another tie you to the board torture fest like she did with negan so right. we got to see that again but as like i said she's definitely somebody of two minds because when gabriel 
Gabriel told her, I forgive you. I understand. I forgive you. She couldn't go through with it. And so wound up leaving him behind. Now, whether she's now with the helicopter people. Right. Because they said that she was going to need to give them an A. Right. And that's what, whatever that means. And she was going to kill him. So at first I thought she was giving them alive people mm-hmm. for their civilization, but then she was going to kill him. So maybe they want fresh walkers. I, I don't know what she was doing there. Yeah. It's kind of, it's confusing and well, I'm we, anxious since we to don't, see the, I mean, uh, the resolve. Yeah. We don't know what an A is. We don't know what a B is. We had a had theories about it right. and going along with that theory i wonder if what they're requiring is people who are too maverick that they're too self-willed alpha personalities if they're not wanting and to kill those people off so they're no longer a danger to their society that they need mm. more passive betas etc mm-hmm. etc et yeah because it seemed like more that compliant more society. compliant which may be the reason why when Anne offered Gabriel a chance to go with her and he said that he couldn't do it she goes I thought you were a B maybe B's are allowed in the society A's are not and so mm-hmm. she had when she found out he was an A right he became but somebody he wasn't going to just go along with Right. He was going to go against authority, I guess. Yeah. Speak against Big Brother. I don't know. Yeah, whatever that is. Obviously, we're being kept in the dark about this whole thing. And I don't see that we're not going to see Anne again. I don't think that's... She's gone for now, but she's going to be coming back in a strange way, I I have to think. Mm -hmm. But next week, Rex episode... We think his, his crazy fever dream. Final farewell. His final farewell. And... I don't know if I can say I'm looking forward to this, because this is a real turning point for the show, obviously. And although they've really, they've really said that this season has been a new show, honestly, this is the point where this is becoming a new show. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything up to this point has been a build up to this. We'll just keep on watching. We will keep on watching, and I'm sure that next podcast, when we are talking about this episode... We'll have a lot to say and a lot of things to unpack and decompress. <laughs> and so tune in for that, folks. And so with that, we come to the end of another episode of the Geek Watch Podcast. Thank you for listening and tune in next week for the latest in geek news and views with the Geek Watch Podcast. From Mandy Petrie, this is Brian Hatcher reminding you that we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch Podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the Geek Watch Podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The Geek Watch Podcast is a Hanging J production. Hanging J production.